Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, with your host, Hurricane H. Uh, new day, new show, uh, the topic of the hour, uh, with one of my uh, returning guests and one of the trailblazers out there in mental health, actually. Uh, she is the founder of Global, the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health, and uh, she has been named uh, uh, thought leader by Forbes magazine. So that I, I needed to put that in there because that's big stuff. And, uh, you know, I am talking about Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge, which was with us uh, uh, about a year ago. And we talked about her book then, uh, you know, for parents, it's going to be okay. And, you know, it's just about, you know, the children and the mental health and all the good stuff. But today uh, we are coming back because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we're going to talk a little bit about all that. Uh, the, her new stuff, as well as we're going to veer a little bit and talk about, you know, the, uh, the mental health in the workplace as well, because that's another thing that another area that's big these days. So, so doctor, welcome to the show again. Well, thank <laughs> you. We had a little fun pre-conversation. So I always enjoy talking to you and we're both people who are on a mission to help other people in different ways and to help people educate themselves so that they can take a different action. And, and for me, it's all about mental wellness and changing the trajectory of mental health, not just for an individual, but for a, a parent in their uh, what comes after, right? The generational mental wealth is something that I love to talk about. And when people make an investment in their brain and changing their behavior so that they're, you know, feeling better and making healthier responses, there's such a huge impact. It is. I, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that we had the little, you know, chat. It wasn't a little, a little, but, but it is, it is, it is an important, you know, piece because we're talking about just, you know, what we do in our mission and all the stuff. But it is part of our mental status too, like you know, because the way I see it, that's the driver behind me. That's why I keep going through, and uh, it pushes me. Same thing with you, and um, it it keeps you like in a good state of mind. I would say, uh, and you're happy. You don't dwell too much and stuff. So you're you're, I guess, you're healthier mentally that way. Uh, you know, we have our challenges, of course, but but yeah, but yeah it, it is what it is, right? You know, and yeah. Um, but we'd like people to get that. We want to be contagious today. We want to give you that energy and, and get you Absolutely. that Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what you're really talking about is, you know, the mindset of, is it a glass half empty or a glass half full? Mm -hmm. And we know through research that when you have a glass half full mindset, you are happier, you have less clinical issues, and you actually live longer. And, you know, yes, you can be born a glass half full or a glass half empty, whatever it is, but you can work towards a positive growth mindset. These are things that are attainable strategies that anybody can do if they just practice them. Well, it's a choice, right? I mean, it's a choice. You know, it, 
you asked me a question earlier about, you know, was there any anybody in my life that helped? And yes, I mean, there's always environment that 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 touches on you, but it's not necessarily always true. Some people may not have that, but they can change. That's the thing. We can make that difference. You know, yeah. people, I, we, I just had a talk, uh, you know, literally it's just going to broadcast and uh, we talked about like the victim mentality, like, you know, my God, my world is, is, is like, you know, it's bad because everything, I can't do anything because of my circumstances, because of this. If you, if we, we want to find every excuse in the book, you know, to determine why things are not happening, we will find them. If we want to have every reason why everything's going to work out, we can find them. That's, that's the mindset effect. As you said, it's just, it's just that, and we have a control that's, you know, I mean, I'm not a you know, uh, you know, a doctor in terms of of the field, but I can tell you just as a person, I I I know these things by just default by doing right. You're a doctor who actually handles this, works with this, and and talks about it almost. This is your work, your life. Yeah. And and you know, you know how this stuff works. It's it's complex, maybe, but not so. It <laughs> it's is weird. complex. It is complex, but we are the master of our mind. And it doesn't negate that we have traumas, right? There's little traumas. We call those little T's and big T's, big traumas. And everyone has a trauma impact. We, we're living through, you know, a pandemic. It's been pretty traumatic for everybody. I mean, the rise in mental health issues is just skyrocketing. Children, adults, um, psychiatric medication, everything. And when people start to realize they can tend to their own inner garden and the power of that right it's it's work it's a different kind of work it's it's micro lessons and i think sometimes people look at us i'm absolutely i'm a positive person right when things happen i'm like okay let me experience it let me feel it i'm not going to ignore negative things and then i go into a thinking problem solving mode because that's just my brain and that's just the way i was raised right and you know and that doesn't mean again big horrible things don't happen but how we, our attitude to a problem is under our control, right? That is the only thing we can control. We can't control if, you know, we get in a car wreck or, you know, my mother, you know, passed away a few months ago. I can't control that. But what I can control is my thoughts and my feelings and my sensations. We should never ignore them, right? We can't push them aside, but we can't let them control us right? We have to find healthy coping mechanisms and it's through little work. And it's also through a lot of gratitude and looking at things in a, in a different way. I think that is really, really helpful. And, you know, I think all of us can think of every single person in our lives who's really this negative person where almost nothing comes out of their mouth without a negative spin. And then on contrast, we can think of somebody who really is sort of walking sunshine, like just has a positive attitude, has a gra attitude of gratitude. You know, um, I was thinking about, I'm, I'm friends with um, a woman named Suzanne and she's uh, actually a big reporter in one of the major news um, air network areas, right? And she's making a docu-film. And so, you know, she asked for my help and I help her and I just, I'm just a helper, right? And we just became buddies and she has such a gratitude language every time i talk to her every word starts with i appreciate i this and it's just so amazing to be around other human beings like that and you know you and i were talking about not just the attitude but who you surround yourself with makes it a lot easier to have a growth mindset um and in these hard times 
These are the things that we can actually do that can make a difference. And neither one of them cost any money. And there's no excuse not to do them. You know, I'm listening to you and it's, again, it's contagious, right? You know, I can feel that vibe, but you're right. Like, you know, you have people who have nothing to say but negative stuff. And mm-hmm. it's not, sometimes like when you try to wonder like why, you can't find a reason. They just, that's how they see things. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and you're right. There's, there's a whole bunch. I mean, I, as a joke, this is a true story. Uh, when I go into interviews in corporate and, you know, they tell me like, tell me something that, that is not good about you. Like, you know, they, there's a question always about yeah. like, what, you know, you'd said all this good stuff. What's the one thing about you that you, that you might have to change or like, it doesn't, it's not really vibing. It's like, you know, I have a problem. And it's like, I'm too positive. I cannot see negative. You can tell me anything. I can tell you like, you know, why it's positive and not negative. And sometimes that may, that might be bad because you do want to contrast and be able to balance, but that's my thing. So they start laughing. I'm like, I really don't think, you know, I cannot think negative. It just, I, I just can't. And, and people just, they keep looking at me and like, okay, well, that's, that's it. I mean, I can think of something else, but this is the one that I feel that's maybe a weakness <laughs> of mine, but in a way it is a strength, you know, but, but, but yes, I mean, the circumstances where you, I may not understand that it could be going, it could go wrong, but that's not necessarily true because I do realize there is a point of uh, anything where you have to make a decision. This is working, not working, you know, but the positive outlook here means to me is that I just go through it for whatever it's worth and test it out. If it's not working, then I give it a shot. And then I move on. I don't say it's not going to work before, before testing. You know, I don't, that's the, right. that's the main difference is that whether you, um, you know, just, just eliminate the abilities <laughs> and, and, and the potential from the get go, or you just test it out, let it go, figure it out as you go. And then you give it a time frame. If it's not going to go anywhere that you want it then you stop See, there is maybe there is something negative about it, but I'll discover the negativity as I go through it and then I move on. So I was like, well, that's a waste of time. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> right now, I can tell you it serves me well in my life. And, you know, I, yeah. I won't change it. Well, you're, you're, you're comfortable taking risks, you know, and 70% of all decisions are made in, out of fear to avoid something uncomfortable. 70% of all decisions. And we make some obscene amount of decisions in a day. I think like 34,000 decisions in a day. So, you know, we're often avoiding something like an uncomfortableness. And, you know, when you're talking about, we're not telling you to all go, you know, like I I went to, um, right before the pandemic, January of 2020, I went to Hawaii with a bunch of um, my friends in a business entrepreneur, health entrepreneur group. And a bunch of them were like jumping off the cliffs in Hawaii. And they were like, you should do it, row." And I was like, kids, I'm a risk taker, but I'm not doing dumb stuff, you know? That's right. It's and I was two like, different things. <laughs> I said, I'm not doing it, okay? And they're, and they're <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, but, but stretching ourselves, right, you know, it's a lot easier when we are feeling regulated, our nervous system is calm, our brain is calm. And I think what has really happened, and we, we've been building, right, this is my 31st year in mental health, we've been building over time a, a level of stress tolerance, right? Like we just keep getting more and more, um, everyone accepts stress, right? And we do have to have stress, but nobody's doing things hopefully anymore to mitigate it. And I shouldn't say nobody, but we are moving to a society where they want to medicate. You know, we didn't shut down liquor stores in the pandemic because they knew they couldn't handle um, all the alcoholics. 
who would, where would they put them, right? With our hospitals being full during COVID and people are disconnecting in order to relieve stress instead of connecting in order to relieve stress and doing other things. You know, we definitely saw some real positive exercise happening in the beginning, but we have now become a society where people are you know, agitated and, and irritated and angry. And, um, and that's not okay. And when we feel that way, again, we can only be responsible for ourselves. So instead of focusing on what everybody else is doing, looking at yourself and saying, what else can I do to calm my nervous system down? Because you can tolerate stress a lot more when you're taking 10, 15, 20 minutes for a walk, yoga, you know, prayer, breath work, you know, positive gratitude journaling, anything. These are all things that are really accessible for people that they need to do in order to feel grounded and anchored so that they can have good mental health. Doctor, you know, it's it's, it's amazing. You mentioned something about first gratitude, right? And, and having that attitude. I mean, you gave the example of your friend, you know, what does it take not to be grateful? I mean, it's really simple to to just to thank you, have a smile, be happy. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know, do good things. It, I, I still believe that, you know, it will take less energy to do positive and be grateful. I mean, the power of thank you. It's not a big deal to say thank you. Even if you don't mean it, just Doesn't say it the damn thing. So, <laughs> it's so nice, you know, to, today. today I um, Yeah, I mean, I just appreciate it. I'm so grateful for you. You know, I often say I'm so grateful for you. And, you know, when my clients come to me and, uh, you know, we have assist, you know, so people come to me from all over the world and we have this program called Brain Behavior Reset and it's a six month program. And we do, it's a lot of young people, it's a uh, young adults and kids. Not that I don't have adults, but I love kids because parents are all in for their kids way more than they are for themselves. So I often get a whole family change, which I think is just so impactful. But, you know, when, um, you know, people come to me, we, we have this process and we use things like neurofeedback and biofeedback and diet and lifestyle, and we get their brain changed in new behaviors. But we do about 40 sessions of neurofeedback in this 20 set in this six months. And at session 20, I do a check-in, right? Cause a lot of brain change happens. And usually people are so thrilled with the changes that they're seeing. And I always take time for every call, no matter where they are in their journey, to actually thank them and that I'm grateful that they came to me and I'm proud of them. And people are so funny because they just don't hear these words. But it's a lot of work when you say, hey, I've had enough of this anxiety. I've had enough of this depression. And in making a commitment to actually do something different, to change your behavior is hard. You know, it's possible though. And I think that's a message we're not getting out to people. We're all saying, just take a pill. It will, you know, that's, you know, it will make you feel better. Well, what are you doing differently in your life? Are you using gratitude language? Are you getting up today? You know, I, I try to do my prayer candles every morning. I'm not saying everybody should pray. I just know that it works for me. And research says that prayer, people who regularly pray, have less mental health issues. So, you know, we have to do things for ourselves. And I think the the smaller the action and the more consistent it is, the bigger the lift actually, you know, and because it means you're making changes. You know, doctor, it's amazing. You're, you're touching on so many areas right now. 
Uh, first, I mean, we're talking about gra- being grateful and stuff, and uh, it's as simple as that, right? You said, you know, people are stressed, simple. you know, and and they they just don't know how to kind of. I think sometimes it's just the ego. I don't know. Maybe you just don't want to say to someone like, you know, I thank you, like you know, who the hell are you, so I can thank you. I mean, sometimes that's that's how it feels, right? You know, you can say thank you. It's okay, even if someone doesn't do anything, you just just do it, and it makes a difference. You you talked about you know prayer. Uh, you know, and by the way, it doesn't matter what what religion and and faith nope. you have. But but here's the thing: prayer introduces the idea of faith and believe. And so I think that's one of the biggest you know differentiators because if you have some level of that, you're also a realist about life. You understand life a little bit better. You do have uh, you know it's not blind faith. Maybe it is, but it is the idea of I understand. For example, that is gonna. That's a, that one of the things about me when I say I'm positive. I can I can tell you what positive thing you know even in that, and people are like, dude, don't talk about that. Well, it is the only. I mean, I would say the only. Uh, 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 what do you call it? The only certain things in life is that. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like the irony of it, but it's reality, right? The one thing I can promise in this life is that that is real, and and so True. and so when you determine that is the case, are you going to be afraid of that? No, you're going to be prepared for it. Maybe that's all. So that's that's gone, and and the, and the same thing. So what's the worst case scenario? That's the other thing. Are you prepared to have the worst case scenario? I'm always prepared for the worst case scenario. What's the worst going to happen? I'm going to lose everything. I came with nothing. <laughs> I mean, we start this world with nothing, right? I mean, you know, sure. you, you probably need like twenty thousand before even born. I mean, we don't know that until we grow up that our parents had to spend that much money on us before we got here. But but the idea is even. But you didn't have anything. You just grew up and then find out like oh, I right. all the stuff that my parents provided. Or sure. world provided somehow. Sometimes you know, parents, whatever, it doesn't matter. Some, you, you know, no one comes in this world and and they things are happening for them regardless, right? It's going to happen one way or the other, uh, different levels maybe, but it happens. So if you actually are ready for the worst, nothing can scare you. You're not you nothing. You cannot be afraid. Then there's stress. Well, level you're talking will- about resilience, Hurricane. You're talking about that you have a mindset that you know no matter what life is coming through you at throwing at you you can get through it you know and resilience happens over time you know we're not born that way we learn through our experiences you know when our parents um you know don't baby you and you actually experience failure you're going to do better in life. And today we're, you know, there's all these terms like helicopter parenting and I call it bubble wrap parenting. You know, we're not letting kids experience difficult things and we're trying, we don't want them to feel uncomfortable, but it's through little uncomfortable situations that you learn to get resilient. Like you build a fear time, you know, I'm not so afraid and I am capable and I'm confident. And yes, I understand bad things happen, but I also have the tools to get through them. Well, doctor, I mean, it's not something that, that you, doctor, you know, and, and, and folks that are in, in the mental health, you know, that you do use treatment. For example, I know this happened to me uh, when I was 18, I drowned. You know, literally, I was, I was, you know, I was lucky I didn't die. I mean, I was literally helicoptered up, you know, from, from the water. Wow. And, um, and so... Then and so we were surfing and I got caught up in, into the tide and then I got literally pulled out, you know, like riptide took me. And so I got, you know, nailed <laughs> in a way for about two hours. I was a little stuck. So I get, you know, helicopters literally, you know, lift me on like the, the Coast Guard, you know, they took me and all the stuff, snatched me out. Anyways, that's not the, the issue. So, so the next day I made friends with the guy that actually from the Coast Guard. So we kind of met the next day. So I was sitting, he's like, you know what, dude, come on, we're going to go back to the safe spot. 
And he took me back to the same spot because he said, if I don't do it while it's fresh in my mind, I will have fear of you never going into the water. I will never do it. Yeah. And, and you know, so you face your fear, right? And and that's face exactly, your fear. if you don't do this, you know, you, I, I, I use this. I mean, you have fear of darkness. You're the only way is sit in darkness and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. What, is that a really a protocol? I mean, that you guys use? I mean, well, I mean, it's exposure and we definitely use it exposure with people with, you know, anxiety and OCD. But I mean, even more simple than that, I mean, they people just don't want their kids to have like anything uncomfortable, you know, and, you know, in in real life, not everything goes your way. And, you know, kids today are just not experiencing failures in the same way because they're not independent like we were. I mean, I was super independent. You know, I was telling, must have been my kids the other day, you know, we would go down on a a bunch of us on a train into the New York, in New York City, you know, in the 80s when it wasn't super safe. And my parents were like, well, you're in a group, you'll be fine, you know. And we were because I was this, you know, me and my friends were smart kids. We just didn't do stupid stuff. And we wanted to go out and do just be independent. And wow, was it a confidence booster, you know? So, you know, we have to stretch ourselves and then learn to be a little uncomfortable, as you said. And it's through that uncomfortableness that we you know, we're able to then differentiate when something really is something we should worry about. If we stress over everything, how is our alert system in our body going to tell us when we actually should be afraid, right? Because there are times when we're should be afraid. Um, but it's really about finding, you know, what works for somebody in a healthy way, because we should employ and mitigate when things are uncomfortable. And I think that's part of what is happening in this world. We're People don't have stress tolerance. They are drowning their agitations. And then we have a world and a workforce filled with people that are struggling, struggling with clinical issues every day, you know, maybe not before the pandemic or maybe, but we're definitely in a rise for sure. And it's not just, you know, levels of stress, even though they're at the highest levels they've ever been, particularly for parents, but we really are in a it just a dramatic increase in serious clinical mental health issues like suicide and um, anxiety is now the number one clinical condition with the age of onset being the average age of onset being age six. So it's a big deal. Kids, even little kids are experiencing anxiety. Wow. So, so, so I, I want to touch on that a little further, but, but just before yeah. you, you talked about, you know, the idea of uh, being able as a child, you know, to do your thing or a younger person to do stuff and yeah. experience life, take some calculated risk. Right. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. You said, I mean, we are positive to a degree, but you, you have to gauge, you know, it's like you almost, your threshold is different. That's really what it is. You That's know, right. It's really, you just kind of like your, your thicker skin, basically you develop that, the level where like, it takes a lot before you actually get into that mode, like, you know, and you get the, the, the warning signs and stuff, but you're aware and you keep pushing the boundaries and you can get there better than the, than most of, of the folks. But it, this is not a formula for you or me. I think this is everybody can get to that point. But you're right, though. When we grew up, uh, our parents, we we were independent. We played out. We did stuff. And, I, you know, there was not a lot of, of like uh, magazine parenting, I would call it, or like you said, helicopter parenting or remote parenting or like, or like you know, sheltering, you know, a bubble wrap stuff like sure. oh, be careful. You can't tell you can't fall. You can't do this. You know, or like learning, you know, 
most of our parents learn not from the other parents. They just figured it out themselves and they did it. You know, now everybody's learning about like, you know, an article that this is the better behavior. This is how you do it. Now, I'm not saying I'm not putting that down as a concept, but it is it is affecting, it is affecting. to the point where people are not doing, you know, their their piece. They're more like they're afraid. Oh. They're afraid. The number one way we learn to parent is actually from our parents. That is the number one way. And so, you know, in the perfect world, you take what is good, right? times have changed. And so we have to modernize parenting. Like, you know, when, when we were kids, technology was just coming out. So how do you even manage technology? Now that's one of the biggest questions I have when parents come to me is like, what do I do about this? You know, he or she is addicted to that. Oh, how do I, you know? And so we have to adapt, right. And evolve and make sure that we're, um, you know, bettering ourselves as parents. But I think for sure, parents are looking for help because they're seeing how distressed their kids are, right? You know, why do people, you know, their people are listening right now, like, hey, Dr. Rowe, she knows all this stuff about kids. Well, you know, I have my own podcast, right? Um, supporting kids with behavioral and mental health issues. Um, and there's not a lot out there for parents that are, is actionable, like, what can I do? And I think parents need as many resources. And I think what I always try to talk about people, yes, I like for people to understand, like, this is a great conversation about understanding, but it's like, what are you actually going to do? What is the action you're going to put behind it? Because, you know, change doesn't just happen. You actually have to do something different, right? If you're feeling anxious or depressed and, you know, it's, you can't just keep doing the same thing if you're not getting relief. You know, doctor, first of all, uh, thank you for sharing the fact that, that, you know, your podcast is available out there. So that's, that's a great, we want to, you know, make sure that people do check you out and, uh, and listen to your work because it's awesome stff that you do out there. Uh, but, well, but thank you, you. Know, yeah, oh, it is. I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, you know, you know me, I'm a fan. So, but, but, but the idea is that, you know, especially for kids, I, you know, I have kids and, you know, it is difficult as a parent, you know, because, It, you try to protect them to a degree. Of course, you don't want them to get hurt, sure. but you do want them to experience things. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, we need to learn from the failures. And I, I love that because it's really experiences. I call them. I mean, I, I refer to them as experiences because, you know, uh, some people think failure is a negative term. So I try to stay away from it. But but the idea is, you know, it's something that's happening that may not have positive outcomes or good outcomes, but it there's always positive to it because if you don't, experience it you're not going to know the difference right that's that's a, that's no. a part of it so it, so we won't know it. how to figure it out the next time you know if there's <laughs> if you're not problem solving and that situation comes up again and somebody rescued you and you didn't think on your own what are you going to do the next time your parents aren't going to college with you or they're not going to work with you mm -hmm. you know Well, you're right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we can only teach them some tricks, but they got to figure out a right. lot of tricks on their own. And and they, they got to, like, really just manage. I mean, you got attitude in school. I mean, I'm not there with you. And, and yep. You have to you got to work through that whole bullying stuff. And, and the the school culture is also different today, much different. Oh, than my gosh. The school culture is di totally different. I, I have to tell you, I have no idea how, you know, like, I talk to my kids and they tell me the stuff. I'm like... I don't know. It's even like we go, sometimes we go to, to for meetings and stuff and I walk the hallways and like, this doesn't look like a school that I remember mm -hmm. the way there are people walking yeah. around. I mean, during 
forced time. I mean, they're just like, you yeah. know, killing, you know, and, you know, these whole passes are, are just being flying left to right. The teachers don't say anything. They don't care. Uh, I mean, nope. it's it's just a whole different world. I mean, again, yeah. I, I mean, from this platform, I have to, I think, my, you know, our teachers need a lot of mental health support. Because, oh, because they, I mean, and they got burnt out in the pandemic. I, I mean, it was a really rough time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, and even just to think about kids like having a phone and all of their you know, life is documented. Like there's no privacy. You can't do things like there's no secret party anymore or little conversations. Everything's documented on social media. I think that would be really scary to me. You know, it is. I would have been in trouble hurricane. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, back in the days it was it was perfect. You did your thing, nobody knew the best. Oh, yeah, nobody knew about that, it. That's it. You just, you know, like it happened, it's over, right? But not today. But but I think it's volunteering no. though. I you know, listen, my kids are like this. I know. I mean, they're just like Snapchatting, whatever they're doing. I mean, every single step, like you know, sometimes I'm just I just you know shake my head because I'm like yeah. every like two minutes there is a picture or something or like an action that I'm doing. It's like it's like you're live being reported on a on a split second, you know, I by know. second. And people are watching it and they're all watching it. It's kind of crazy, right? You know what's worse? That that I, I cannot get this. My mind cannot get over it. Uh, and that is when they're sleeping with their 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 uh I guess party going on. Everybody's watching everybody and they just crash overnight and everybody's still live. I mean, they they sleep through the life and everybody's, you know, when they wake up, they look at each other, sneaking, snoring, whatever. I mean, what would you do that? I mean, it's like, you're no, right. No, that's, thank you. Sometimes, but, And that's not great for mental health. I mean, it's putting, you know, you're not disconnecting and, you know, they're, it's really interesting. I mean, I have some teenagers that are pretty self-confident and they get to a point where they're like, I just, I can't, I can't, I need like, I need some time from it. You know, they're almost relieved when their parents you know, put a block on it. Right. You know, and, um, it's, it's hard times out there for people when you are constantly, you know, somebody's looking at you when you're sleeping and, you know, you can't say anything without it being like grapevine instantaneously, you know, on speed. So it's, I think for parents, you know, when we are supporting our kids, we want to try to be as connected as possible. We want to turn off our phone. We want them to turn off the phone when we're talking. You know, we want to try to actually do things with them, like get out there, toss a ball, you know, go and do things. These are the things that I think people forget how important they are in mental health. We're always looking for one thing that is the solution, a pill. And we're led to believe that that's the only option. And it really, it's not. And it should never be the first option. There's so many other things that we can do to control our mind and our experiences, uh, regardless of what the source is. So, Doctor, you, you, you referred to the word pill a couple of times. And, yeah. And, you know, so I want to touch on that. But it's funny because you were talking, I just, something came to mind. You know, that, 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 uh, um, there's a quote that I see every now and then about, you know, the childhood when, when we were kids and you hear yell car, <laughs> you know, when people are playing, you know, and, and then the cars come and everybody stops, you know, it yeah. just reminds you like, you know, how it went, you know, back in the days and today's just, you watch even movies, right? You know, you look at the movies, like, I don't know, the Goonies and all those, those. Oh my schools. gosh. Yeah. You know, you watch those and you watch some of the new ones. It's, it's a whole different world. I mean, it's just different. A whole different world. You know, uh, yeah. Kids are just connected online, but, but, you know, talking about they're social, but they're completely not social. I mean, it, yes, I don't get that part. I mean, yeah, it's social yeah. network. You're socializing, but 
you'll be like talking to people that are literally you never met physically and you have people sitting in front of you that you don't communicate with. I don't know. I've seen them in restaurants. I mean, in restaurants, people are sitting, having dinner, lunch, whatever, and everybody's looking at their phone and texting and stuff. I mean, what's the point? We, we're just having, we're sharing the meal together. That's I know. It is, I it know. is amazing. We were on vacation and like they, they, you know, like they put the little, you know, screens up for their kids at the table instead of talking to their kids. And I thought, it's just so sad. Like we're in this beautiful tropical location and like get your kids off their phones. Like just don't permit it. You know, yeah. I love cruising. I love cruising for one reason. Uh, I, we don't do internet packages, so we're just actually disconnected. That's it. I mean, for seven days to 10 days, you just don't know it. And I mean, we got to find a boot or somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> you know, in a different destination to make a phone call. And that's about it. Or maybe Wi-Fi, if anything. But but it just actually makes a big difference. Like, it, you know, big difference. Yeah, we're going to transit to the discussion about work and what, what the difference, you know, it does, you know, when disconnect, you know, I mean, right now, uh, emails are like 20 24 7 they don't stop i know work is with you 24 7 so before yeah. we go to the work piece uh, yeah the pill part let's talk about the pill. yeah because i mean yeah. i mean here's the deal about the pills where you know mental health is rising and so is medication use mental health issues so we're not getting better by taking pills and particularly for children um, they're often overused and, and used what's called off-label, which means they're given to kids without research to substantiate that is the solution for that particular issue. So, you know, you have autism. I'm going to give you this medication, but there is no medication for autism. It happens every day. And what I want to challenge people is in the overuse of medication of all age, psychiatric medications, we should never use it as the first line of defense. And that is what my, you know, stance is because there is always a toxicity in medication. And I, you know, was recently in this um, major docu-film um, by this unbelievable um, uh, producer, uh, Scott Steindorf, who really, uh, you know, changed his career. He only did like A-list movie, you know, worked with A-list actors in these big movies. And he, his brother just died from liver toxicity at 57 from, from psych meds. And he really only wants to have impactful work. So, you know, they call me up and they say, you know, can you talk about natural solutions for ADHD? And I'm like a thousand times. Yes. Hello. Have you seen my Instagram handle? But what I never want to shame or blame anybody, but what we have to start doing is teaching people, empowering people to these other things and medications a 100% of the time psychiatric medications have a toxic side effect for some people they can be really beneficial but why are we jumping to them and i think there's a multi-party answer but ultimately it's people believe there's a quick fix because nobody's telling them anything different which is why we're having this conversation and two this is a medical model of mental health and this is what they they are giving out they're not saying to somebody, you know, hey, listen, um, you know, what are you eating? Because maybe what you're eating is affecting your mental health. Um, you're living with your mother and she was abusive to you. Is that really in your best mental health? You know, so there's so many other ways to start thinking about how can I change my brain? How can I regulate my nervous system? So then it's easier to make healthier choices for me. So, you know, Again, medication should just not be the first option, and we should be educating and empowering people on different options. 
Thank you, Doctor. But well, one thing, I mean, for sure, I mean, medication may, again, we had the same discussion literally uh, yesterday. The medication may be camouflaging or like taking care of the symptoms at the instant stuff. Like you're not, you know, going, you know, screaming and getting all excited. You're just calm. But to your point, it's not solving the root cause, which, which is mm -hmm. the main, you know, the reason why you have this problem is the environment, maybe, or your, your, you know, your abusive environment, whatever the, the your bullying. It could be a nutrient deficiency too. It could be yep. improper diet. It could be chronic compounded stress. So it's not always genetics or a neurotransmitter issue because that's what pharma believes you should know so that you'll want a medication. Uh, yeah. Well, we're not going there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a whole different discussion, uh, you know. But but so but there is another thing that is that is uh, you know emerging right now, and it's it's I, I don't know how, but it's becoming like the norm, uh, and that is the uh, e-cig vaping, you know, in the school sure. system. I mean, my kids' school is is it's a good school. This is not even like you know it's a bad area or anything. It's a nice place, but. Everybody and they, the the, the, school, the school system is trying to figure out, you know, how to prevent it, but people are still doing it, you know, I mean, and you can see people like hiding those things, you know, but, but those are chemicals that you're, you're running in your body yeah. and that stuff is affecting not only your physical, but also your mental state and people are doing it. And, and the kids are like more into this than, than maybe even adults. I, I see, you know, teenagers forget about it. They just like in high school is, I don't know. It's like uh uh, you know, a drama set, <laughs> you know, with, with everything that you can oh, possibly for sure. imagine. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. I don't know, but, but, but I mean, it's a, it's a dangerous, um, you know, vaping. Um, there's a lot of, you know, things that it can do a few years ago. There was a lot of controversy because kids were getting really sick from the chemicals that are in it. There was some cleanup, but it's still a dangerous thing. I mean, listen, teenagers brains are not fully developed they're supposed to do dumb stuff right you know i think that um it becomes something that is a kids are using as a way to cope and deal with stress you know anytime we lean in on anything unhealthy we have to stop right and whether it's an adult or a kid and and have conversations about it you know and kids are exploring their world but we also have to think what is it at home how, who's role modeling proper ways to manage stress in these times when we're all stressed out? You know, what we can do to self-regulate, our kids co-regulate off of us. And so it's as important to take care of yourself and put that oxygen mask on as it is to take care of your kid because they're struggling out there in the world. So, you know, everyone's reason why they vape is different. Sometimes it's just stupid teenage stuff. Well, but you're right. But, but, you know, unfortunately it's being exploited, you know, by, by, yeah. you know, uh, the people that sell that stuff and, uh, you know, it's, it's industry, it makes money and yeah, it's all cool thing, but, but now it's, it's the cool thing, you know, but 10 years from now, you're not a teenager, 20 years from now, you're not a teenager. And now mm -hmm. you're having all these health issues, um, physical, mental, we don't even know the, the ramifications in 10 years from now because it is still no. fairly new. And so that's, that's a, that's a dilemma. Now, now this perfect segue in terms of the, the discussion about work, parents, you said it, par parents, you know, maybe why the kids are doing what they're doing because parents are really busy and they try to make, you know, ends meet and they, they're making a living and both parents yep. are like every day out, they're stressing at work. Both parents are working, they're, they're overloaded. Yeah. But, but so now we're talking about workspace and, uh, you know, 
the work that we live in, you know, I mean, the work environment is different. It's just too stressful. I mean, I, I give the example of the email stuff. I mean, in the before the computer age and even the early days, you would before actually the phones and all these these smartphones, you will leave your office and you won't touch an email until the next day when you check in, mm. and then you, nope. you check in. Now it's like you know they follow you everywhere you go, twenty four seven, and you feel compelled to actually literally respond to these things. You know, I, I have Absolutely. a rule; I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, you know, work, work the climate of the world in this you know pandemic society in the workplace. The workplace has changed dramatically. I mean, physically, we have people working from home more than we you know ever have. There's some people in dribs, you know, little dribbles getting back and offices are reopening. Um, but people's mental health has declined, right? And, you know, they're mothers and fathers and employees. And so when we look at the workforce, right, a lot of women left the workforce during the pandemic because they had to, um, you know, be the do home-based instruction and do all those things. So they were trying to work at home and do those things. So they left. And so there's a lot of dynamic changes that have actually happened, right? So we have less women, you know, um, women are more emotionally centered uh, in general, not not making it, they're just raised that way. They're cultivated that way. It doesn't mean there's not guys that are emotionally centered, but they're nurtured to be that way. So they tend to be more of that. So we then have so many people at home and yet, and in the same time, we have a rise in clinical mental health offices and I mean, in mental health issues and people have left the workforce in general or are, you know, so getting good employees is hard. And so environments are really different. I think when I talk to so many people, they often talk about how terrible their work environment is, how toxic it is, yet you know, they may feel trapped to be there. And I think, you know, one of the messages that, that I often share with organizations is like, what are you doing to support, you know, the mental wellness of your employees, you know, not just a yoga class, but in terms of culture, you know, people are really outwardly struggling with mental health, sometimes right at work. And that is not always, that's not easy for the the manager, the, you know, the powers that be to manage. It's not easy for the other people that are there. And certainly it's not easy for the person that's struggling. So, you know, changing culturally how we respond to an employee who's, who's struggling with mental health or even just neurodiverse, you know, is become a priority in the workplace because there's no other choice. We have to support people. Well, doctor, you know, you're alluding to a lot of things in terms of the work, but, but here's the thing. You know, maybe the workplace is even responsible for the mental health status because of the stress, the extra pressure and stuff. Because here's the thing, business is meant to to thrive and make profits. And so there's a lot of pressure that comes down. I mean, you know, it's really, that's what it is. You know, the board decides, you know, senior leadership decides, and then it's, we got to go time. And by the way, I I, I have been in, in some, some executive roles and I, I know how it works very difficult and sometimes you have to make decisions i'm in sales so you know stress levels are yeah <laughs> so i've spent 30 years you know doing sales so i know exactly what it is and and it's to balance where you can do good with your team and stuff and sometimes you find it challenging because you're like managing both sides and you get the pressures and it's how you diffuse that pressure you know going down on on, on the team it's it's one thing for example and then depends on what what 
where you stand, you know, in, in that chain, it can be very difficult. But I think that's the problem. If, if And because you said, you mentioned something about lack of staffing, for example, it has been difficult since the pandemic to even find people. People don't show up interviews. People don't don't even show yes. up to their start days. Uh, you know, it's just been crazy. And then you have, you know, I'm not a anti-vaccine one, but 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 it's been a lot more of that. You cannot start some jobs without the vaccine. And therefore, sure. some people sure. don't want to do it. Therefore, they can't work. So now it's right. making it even worse. And so, so you have all these things, but then now because you have less people working, because you don't, maybe you settle for talent, you know, what's happening is that you push, you know, the results are not there. You put more pressure on the ones that are there and you create a lot more negativity, a lot more like mental stress and anxiety and all the depression stuff that happens. And then that, that goes home with you. And then you, you lash out to your you know spouse, your significant others, your kids, your entourage. And then now, again, divorce is high. Everything is high. And he's There's all the cycle. One yeah, it's seriously crazy. I mean, it, I mean, the word no, crazy. Here. And, and I, I agree with you. You're talking about, you know, um, same level of work, less employees, the work culture, more stressed people. And it is not conducive to good uh you know, performance, uh, income for businesses and retaining talent, you know, uh, and it's, it's, they're finding that they're really having to do more wellness. I mean, the last week, two companies reached out with me for, to me for wellness because they recognize that they have to understand mental health and they have to do things that will support the person's uh, emotional status, behavioral status, so that it's not just for the employees, but it's for the organization. You know, doctor, I can, I can listen. These are tips that I use, you know, as, as a leader in my, my environment, uh, you know, uh, in sales, we do have stress levels that are higher than most, right? However, oh, definitely. However, we enjoy what we do because in in our world, there is entertainment, there is fun stuff. We do, you know, escapes. We do different outings. We do team buildings. So you diversify. You make it, and and a good leader will actually make the team enjoyable. You know, times. You know, you take them out. You do stuff. So so you compensate the problem now because of costs, because of stuff. Some of these companies are taking some of these things away. And so now that whole, you know, decompress, you know, decompression, you know, uh, tools are not available the way they did before. I remember back in the days, I mean, we would have, you know, after hours, you know, you come out, you go and have some nice dinner with the team and just relax and, you know, sometimes even go out, do things just to make sure that, you know, everybody is good. And people feel good about coming back to work and they feel good about going out and they, they see the value of doing the stuff and they pr perform better. You know, but when you take all those extras and you're like, oh, we budget is tight and this and that. I mean, talking about investing, right? You're still going to invest somehow and it's going to cost in the healthcare because they're going to be yeah. sick. They're not going to show up. You're going to have, you That's know, right. replacement. It takes yeah. longer to hire and to, 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 to find talent. So it's the same thing. So if you look at it, you know, something's got to give. But Oh, stress is like one of the greatest um, income loss producers for all businesses. It's like the amount of people that miss work just due to stress every day is astronomical, you know, so you're losing, leaving money on the table. You're right by not, you know, caring and cultivating. But I think they're so ill-equipped in managing, you know, somebody had come to me recently um, where they had an employee really just basically have a full breakdown at work. 
And, you know, what should they do? How should they handle it? And that it kind of opened up Pandora's box that, you know, there was um, this person had really made a lot of people feel very uncomfortable. And my first words were, you know, what's your what's your collateral damage plan? You know, and this is not a unique situation. I know more than one, you know, company that is that is look come to me for support in just this very thing. How do we manage this and how do we prevent this from happening? And and I love that's what wellness is about. But you know, we what are the signs? How do we manage it? And ultimately in the end, you know, all of my work what what wraps a bow around it, regardless of age, is calming that brain. Once you calm that brain, it's much easier to be positive. It's much easier to go for a walk. It's much easier to see a therapist. Whatever it is that's going to bring health and reduce the stress. Um, and so it doesn't matter what, how old you are, you know, if you're a student, if you're, you work, you know, whatever it is, we've got to take the time to regulate our nervous system and everybody can do it. There's no excuse. Well, there, there is no, we have no choice, right? But, but, you know, what you said about the, like the case of someone who's taking, having a break, you know, breakdown, right? You know, it's, it's yeah. that, that's, that's crazy. That's sad. But think about this. If I'm stressed and I go to work, I, I'm sure I'm going to make life hell for everybody around me. And so now here's the thing that also puts the company in liability mode because, you know, now we have, you know, uh, Oh, oh I mean, that's here. a different story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Cause things yeah. can escalate, maybe can violence, whatever. Now you have lawsuits that can be lingering and all these things. It is not, you know, it, when you look at a big picture, you can literally mitigate a lot of this stuff by, by providing a better environment. I mean, even you talk, you talk about the pandemic. One thing the pandemic did clarify to people that jobs can still get done remotely or hybrid mode yeah and they've been effective to a degree so maybe some jobs need to be physical there but frankly i mean it's been done i mean the companies didn't die i mean they they survived through the pandemic and nobody knew that it's going to happen but they did so therefore there is yeah. a potential and and if we just we, we were able to do it then why well, can we do it now and and just make it happier people are happier to to work uh, a lot of people are saying that you know i'm comfortable i'm doing my work there's a culture to it, but you know, you learn yeah. how to do it. That's all. But, but it makes a difference. And now people are less, I, I, traffic is one thing. I mean, anyone that uh, you mentioned New York city, I mean, if you're driving New York city, no matter where you're going, you, it's an it's hour. It's got to be traffic. Traffic. Exactly. Especially on a Friday. Oh, Fridays <laughs> is a, it's just a nightmare. Forget about it. Uh, and you know, well, Mondays or Fridays, you know, or any rush hour, but the problem is right. You know, you, I, I'm, I'm for example, this is my rule. No meetings at nine o'clock. Sorry. And the reason I don't do it is because all I've noticed over the years, you know, when someone is rushing to be at nine o'clock, yeah, you start at nine o'clock. I mean, here's the thing, even that whole thing started nine to five, how much really do you provide of, of work in that time? Let's just, let's be real. You know, I mean, unless you're like literally a typist and you just type in words from the minute you go into the end or you answer in the phone. I mean, I don't know, but if, if your, your, your performance are tasks and, you know, job and, and, and work projects, or whatever, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can that can be done. You're probably gonna get a good five, six hours, maybe out of the day, if anything. Uh, that's one way, and I don't think that's the reality of things. And so, so at the end of the day, you're stressing out everybody to come in and do the stuff at nine o'clock, and sometimes it may not work. And what you're doing, you're not getting the best from them because if someone had to didn't have a good night's sleep, they had to rush into the traffic. They probably had road rage before they get in. You know, they have their their coffee, whatever. And now they're just like coming to a meeting, you know, they're really like zombies and you're not going to get much of them. And now 
you're not happy because the discussion is going well <laughs> and now you're worried about your 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 job your day your, so all the stuff we actually do unnecessary stuff to ourselves i, I yeah. swear to god we we're our, 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 the worst enemy of ourselves is ourselves you know and 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 sometimes you know we don't see it you know i think it should be a yeah. mandatory state where all you know orientations should have some mental discussion in orientation oh, Absolutely. What are the signs, you know, and, you know, it's really hard for both the employee and the employer, you know, as an employee, um, employer during the pandemic, you know, I definitely said, I want to have less employees and moved my business to having less employees. Um, because it's a great workplace. And some of my people really struggled with their own mental health during the pandemic and didn't want to take care of it. You know, and I was like, wow, this is really hard. And yeah, I'm a mental health professional. And how you manage an employee who's struggling, there are laws and there's things you can and can't say. So that's why wellness is always a good idea because we can always talk about wellness and, and companies really can create a great culture great culture. And, you know, every business is different. Sometimes you have to be there at a certain time, but sometimes you don't. And some people are more professional and have a higher level of integrity and some people don't. So, you know, it's, it's a tricky dance. And I think, you know, the, the companies that really know what their values are, you know, really are, have a, a clear mission, regardless of what business it is, whether it's manufacturing or mental health or podcasting, you know, when, Companies buy into it and know and feel like they're part of something, you know, they're just much more likely to have, you know, that cohesiveness and the wellness will come, right? Um, but it's a, it's a purposeful effort. It's just like parents raising kids. It's the same thing as being an employer. You know, we have to be more concerned about mental wellness, especially, as you said, for productivity um, and, and not just for that employee, but for the people around them, you know, it's, it's definitely multifaceted and it's hard. And I, and I think we're forever changed in the employment world. You know, I don't, I don't know where all the people who left their job is, are. you know, what they're doing though. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, well, <laughs> a actually, lot of entrepreneurs happened. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of change in career paths and, and, or independent stuff. Like a lot of people are going online, doing their own thing. I mean, so sure. It, that's 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 been more of of a an eye opener. I mean, uh, because there's so much that you can that can be done remotely now and and to apps sure. and this and that. So people are exploring those things. Uh, I mean, even there is an exodus. There's people that are leaving the country. That, that's uh, that's a yeah. That's another I had more thing than one friend leave the country. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people are just finding opportunities elsewhere, and they're just moving. You know, south, west, east. I mean, they're going all over the world, and and they you know, are. it's amazing. You know how it's, but it's. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all happening here, right? You know, in our head, mm -hmm. you know, that's where the mind is 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 performing, and decisions are being made. But but the impact is affecting a lot of people now. Now, there's there's other factors. I mean, uh, you know, again, the environment that we live in is polluted. There's more stuff. There's all these toxins that we get. Maybe that's also a trigger that is that is affecting how we behave. I mean, behavioral stuff is is becoming sure. more more relevant that something is wrong. You know, you have wars, you have instability, and you know people like are literally thinking like, "Is this gonna affect us?" I mean, just think about it. Uh, you know, now with with the Ukraine and Russia, uh, you know, nuclear is is like almost the sixties, whatever. The, you know, when we had those those scary days, it's the same concept today. And some people actually buy into that, which it could be a, a real effect, a real thing. So so it's like you know everything is almost geared to affect our mental health. 
everything is almost designed today to make it more difficult and it's affecting the next generation because to your point the disconnect the parents are not even there yeah. you know the parents are they don't have time for the kids i mean like you come home it's like you're a zombie you just go shower eat go sleep boom whatever vice versa whatever formula you do but you know when is the time and then you said the, it's easiest like you know you pacify them through their system they have the phone they have their friends good i don't have to deal with them and yeah. It's, it's, well, and parents are working hard. I mean, you know, I think parents do a good job. Most parents, you know, they try to carve out time and, you know, they're trying to work hard to support, you know, their families. And, and ultimately, in the end, like, you know, you mentioned a lot of different variables and a day to day basis. Everyone's going to have stressors. And it's that attitude towards the stressors that is going to make the difference. And, you know, can we have more support, you know, in school systems? Yes. Can we have more support? In, I think school systems are doing a lot and I don't know how much more they can do. Um, can we can we change it, right? Can we do more about coping strategies? And certainly if companies are going to rise and continue to grow and retain employees, focusing on wellness is an absolute mandatory component, you know, just for, you know, not only for company growth, but for supporting these valued treasures, their employees, you know? I, 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 you said keyword mandatory. I'm telling you, I think there should be just a mandate. You oh have yeah, a company. You have to have a program that they got to. I mean, it's not a law, but but we we ought to make it a law that you got to go to a program where you know you get distressed, decompressed, whatever, and get back yeah. for the. And everybody doesn't matter what level, you should go through the same program so everybody is feeling right and 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 really creates that environment where everybody is willing to work. Listen, I mean, uh, the idea is if you can't. Be happy to go to work you're you're just going to be miserable and you're going to make everybody else's miserable and you're going to bring them miserable you know levels you know whatever you go and so even when you go to shop i mean you're coming out to go to lunch right you go to the store you know and you have you know a bad morning you're going to take it on on those guys in that store and then you're going to have attitude you oh back. well that's what's happening and people are hate blogging and you know all those other things you know but i think you know what's so important like and and you know as we you know we've talked about a lot of things and I think, you know, what we started about is, you know, we have control over our minds and we have control over, you know, how we think about things, how we react to things. That's the only thing we have control over. And so if people lean in on that and they really say, okay, I'm going to be more present. I'm going to focus on today and I'm going to, you know, say five grateful words today you know, and you start to see change. That's the empowerment that I want to come out of this conversation because it's kind of cuckoo out there in the world. And if we kind of open up the blinds and we look, we're like, but we can also be like, oh, well, this and this and this, but this is what I have control over. And I think that's the biggest message that I want people to hear because otherwise we're going to be scared and sad. Love it. And you're at one day at a time, right? You know, you just take it. One day at a time. And Absolutely. The more hasn't happened. Yesterday's over. Today's happening. Take it slow. Take it easy. Take it easy, right? <laughs> you know, make it happen. But, yeah. But, but but you're right. It's, it's, it, and that, that works. I swear to God, it works because I don't it does. Because people are like worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, listen, the word ends, the word ends. I'm not going to be worried about it. I mean, nope. Nope. <laughs> Again, you can be in control. Of exactly. your mind, you know, know, wherever it is, even if you're in a work environment that's hard, you're in control of your mind, right? You know, um, and you can do 
little actions can relieve alleviate a lot of stress. And I think that's the empowering thing that we have to leave people with in this conversation. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you, doctor. So, so, so question, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. So, so your next, I, I know we talked the last time about your book and is there, books, yeah. are there books in, in the making right now or? There is a little book in the making, but I'm not going to say what it is because it's actually an, a great idea and I am in the trademark process for it. So I don't want to say what it okay, is or what it's right. about, but it's going to be a big deal. But I, you know, have my podcast. It's going to be okay. And I'm really proud of it because it's helping parents and it's short episodes, you know, 12 to, you know, pr- less than 20 minute episodes. Over so 70K can- downloads, right? Yeah. We're almost at 80 now. That was last 80, week. There you go. There you go. That was good. That was good. <laughs> I know. So it's so exciting. And, uh, you know, it's helping people. And um, I am have a product line. I have two product lines. So I have a, dev- a device that's FDA regulated PEMF called Calm PMF, and it's designed to calm the nervous system. And then our supplement line that everybody's been waiting for for like a year, Neurotastic, is going to be coming out this summer. Oh, now, now what, what's the, how does it work? I mean, it's just a regular supplement to. Yeah. So I'm starting with magnesium and, and I have it's multiple magnesiums and it's a powder form. So it's for kids and adults and it has a scooper. So you can, you can, you know, just pop it in, you know, water or juice or a smoothie and magnesium is my first cause it's my number one favorite and we can't get enough magnesium in this high stress world and magnesium is required for 300 chemical processes in the bra in the body. And with our stress levels being so high, it can't always have enough magnesium for simple things. Um, so that's part of why we're even experiencing more physical stress is just magnesium depletion. Yeah, we're going to need more of that, right? So now we know where to need go. More of that. <laughs> yeah. Now, absolutely. Is it going to be available on your website as well? So it's going to be it. available on my website. That's the main place where it's going to be. And um, through uh, a partner, um, MD Logic. So two different websites. Yeah. I'll come back and talk about it, Hurricane, when oh, it's out yes. if you want. Yes, so. we do want that. that and, and I'm the, excited. The, the secret book. <laughs> my secret book. My secret book will be out by the end of the year. I literally... I'm not going to tell. I, it's very hard for me to keep my mouth shut, but when it's it a happens, genius idea. I'll be back. Happens, you'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> it's something that people need. It's something that people need. That's all I'm going to say. And it's something that's going to help people. So, cause that's what I try to do every day, but I enjoyed this conversation so much. You're such a light hurricane. And, um, you know, I think that no matter what life throws at you, you know, have an attitude of gratitude. Um, and, you know, think on your feet about what a solution is, but you know, it's okay to feel a range of emotions. It's just not okay to live in it. Right. If you're stuck there, just take an action and move forward. Right. And I, you know, I was going to ask about final words of wisdom. Yeah. Those, oh, those that's it. <laughs> Doctor, yeah. Thank you so much for being oh, my you know, pleasure. Back. My pleasure. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. We had fun. Hope you enjoyed this, this uh, nice chat and exchange and take, take, the values. I mean, doctor is helping a lot of people on a day-to-day basis. So I think we've had some good nuggets here to take with us and and apply. Uh, That being said, American Age, we'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic, new guest. Bye for now.